0: I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate
1: and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us.
2: The troops are coming home. At least that's what the president says. Donald Trump today says, We have defeated ISIS in Syria. Time to bring the boys home or something to that effect. Amen. Amen. But you know what? I'm going to feel like throwing something in here, Southernwood.
0: You've been pissy all day today. I saw you earlier. First thing you did, you came up and punched me in the chest. Yeah. It seems like
2: you're mad at me about something. I'm not mad at you. I'm just, I know I can your friends with me, so I can sort of vent in well, your direction. Yeah, and we don't may, take it personally.
0: Well, I'm not taking it personally, but we may end up fighting. Before I leave here tonight. Well, let's not start a
2: fight. No, I'm, i mean, I know I'm what you're trying... You're just trying to... I ain't starting nothing. You're just trying to hook up with me. I don't start, but I finish. <laughs>
0: I can tell you that. <laughs> you don't want none? So,
2: you you weren't the one who started it with that pig you rode?
0: No. <laughs> you didn't start it when the pig started it first? No, but I finished.
2: <sighs> pig... Well, another type of pig reared its ugly head today. Oh, the name of the song. War Pigs. There are war pigs, and I'm not talking about the generals, you know, like at black masses. talking about the elected officials. Ah. Because Donald Trump did want to pull people out of Syria. He does. That's the breaking news today. It's a great thing. It isn't what I wanted to talk about today, but then I saw the news. I was really happy, and then I saw some reactions from people that I had grown too comfortable with, and I realized my former hatred of them. It's not necessarily a personal hatred. It's uh, but I just I hate their opinion. Go on. I can't stand it. For instance, Marco. Rubio. God, he is so cute. No,
0: he's not. You remind me of uh, Marco Don't about start with that. 15 years Don't ago. Don't you start
2: with that crap tonight.
0: Especially now that you've shaved your face. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I make that comment, Joey. You look young with your face shaved, and then you, you jumped all in my butt about that. Yeah,
2: oh, you didn't say that, and I didn't jump anywhere near your butt. You, you, you made a comment. Me. Yeah, but you didn't say, oh, you look younger you kind of were like, oh, Joey, what are you doing with the, the baby face? What are you doing? It was sort of this snide, like, what are you doing with your face? You know, I feel like that. You've seen O Brother Where Art Thou, right? I, we thought you <laughs> was a frog. <laughs> we thought you was A toad. A toad. A toad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. Do not seek the treasure. We thought you was a toad. <laughs> love that movie, absolutely <laughs> love that movie. The bank robber, Go ahead. the bank robber. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's he's like robbing the bank. He's got his Tommy gun. He goes in real quick. Woo, woo! He's high energy. Robs the bank, and there's this little old lady who's got a kind of a weird face herself. She goes, I think that's Babyface Nelson, <laughs> <laughs> and he hears her. It's like, what did you call me? <laughs> That's how I kind of feel. When everybody, Eddie Bader keeps doing it, everybody's calling me Babyface. I'm like, I am not Babyface! Hey, a- apparently
0: so. All I said was, hey, grow your whiskers back. You look like a child without your
2: mustache. Is yeah.
0: all I said. And you just you went
2: off. Are you really at that age where 30-year-olds look like children to you? Yes, unfortunately, yeah.
0: I am. Yes. Unfortunately. You know, you go through those stages of life where, you know, you're a senior in high school and you look at sixth graders and you're like, oh, (laughs) look (laughs) at those little children. (laughs) It's six years. And then you get into college and I can remember, I do remember, I was, Lauren and I, we were sitting on the couch watching a football game one day and and we're just looking at the football players, a college football game. And uh, she looked at me and I looked at her and I was like, Golly, they look like children, and she's like, "Yeah, they do. We're getting old." Because <laughs> I mean, they, we were just in college, you know,
2: six years ago, and so. But hey, life changes. Well, and the more interesting is when I start to see people in power who look like me, who kind of look like kids. I mean, we've already talked a- enough about Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She's younger than I am, a year younger or so. Marco Rubio's not that much older than I am. Uh, ben Sass can't be that much older than I am. Lindsey Graham is. Lindsey, Lindsey's a little bit older. He's an older gentleman. Yes. <laughs> What's the deal with Lindsey Graham and his bachelor status?
0: I they ain't no deal with it. Everybody knows what the deal is and everybody ignores it and that's if he doesn't want well, to if wrong. he doesn't want to say what he is, I mean that's fine.
2: I mm-hmm. don't have a problem with it with no, it either. I way. wanna know. Is he some playboy of the Western world or is he kind of living it up as a I've I've heard he plays with boys. Well, oh, he's uh, he not. you're not saying he's a pedophile. No You're saying he's just gay. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's the rumor. Dudes. Yes yeah. is dudes better than boys. Yeah. The these days, young, it's it's okay. a you know, I mean, well, I because it right. is a serious issue. Like all the rumors out there about people in power doing that, let's not get on that. My point is, it starts getting to a point of. It used to be my wiser, better elders are the ones; these elder statesmen that are crafting American policy. And what is the most complicated form of policy? I know healthcare can get pretty. Technical. I was arguing with Troy in good faith about net neutrality earlier this week. That can get pretty technical and complicated, ideology aside. There's some complicated you know things going on with domestic policy, but the by far the most complicated, difficult to ascertain the correct, wise option is foreign policy. Especially when you start sticking your nose in every corner of the globe. It becomes more and more complicated, or so it seems. It's tough. It's tough to decide. It really is one of those arenas is, in life where it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, I, I, I would
0: I'd agree that's a very, very tough one. I, I tell you, huh. to me personally, the, the one that I have the most trouble with, even beyond foreign policy, is imminent no-bane. Eminent domain, yeah. Well, it's
2: not complicated. It just it, it, is what it's, it is.
0: You no, know, it, it's, it, it's extremely... I know it is what it is, and we've decided as a country that, that it exists, but that's that is that rips me apart when you talk about eminent domain. Because you, you think about Interstate I-85 pretty much runs just from right here. Let's take from Perry Hill Road straight to Taylor Road. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much a straight shot. And then it kind of goes straight from there. There's a little hook here or there, but it goes all the way to Atlanta. Sure. At any point in where that road runs, had at some point a person said, nope, you're not by my place, go around it, they would be... A 90-degree turn to the left, a 90-degree turn to the right, 90-degree turn back to the right, 90-degree turn back to the left, and then you go straight mm-hmm. instead of being able to just fly through there. And I see the, I see how it does help the hole. Sure. But that doesn't lessen if you wanted to come right through my property where my house sits right now and said, hey, I want to build a road right through here. I'd be like, no, I own this. Go around me. Right. But if you got everything lined up on both
2: sides, and it's like you know, claim well, you're, you're the worst. only
0: one holding out. Well,
2: and the worst is when it's not even a truly public project. It's like we want to clear this area so we can give it to some big company that wants to develop it. Well, now, it's for economic development. We're going to take your land. It's, it's not even we're building a public road. Right. And but I don't want to get off on that. I don't want, because I want to get back to the war pigs. How did that pig sound when you were riding it? That- whee, whee, whee that's what i heard when i started reading the reaction to donald trump's statement brilliant statement today president trump suddenly announced today in a tweet quote we have defeated isis in syria my only reason for being there during the trump presidency i like how he referred to the trump presidency and he is trump It's, it's a nice touch i like it oh yeah third person is awesome and the White House said in the subsequent statement, we have started returning United States troops home as we transition to the next phase of this campaign. Now, here's the next bullet point. The Daily Mail does, I don't, I think it's kind of a a rag. It's full of rumor innuendo. It's on, it's just shy of being a tabloid. It has some actual news, like this news today, the Daily Mail. But... It's interesting thinking of the Brits. I love George Orwell, and a big point of his novel 1984, is Winston Smith is constantly thinking, "Hmm, they—it feels like they're changing history. It feels like they're trying to change not only history but even recent events by essentially changing the the language, so it changes people's memory. And he talked about it goes down the memory hole, and it feels like sometimes that happens with the news, and." Here's what, I, I'm having one of these moments where I'm like, is that why we're in Syria? Here's the next bullet point from the Daily Mail on this write-up. U.S. intervened years ago in Syria, in part to protect rebels who were under assault from the Assad regime and counter-terror insurgents. I'm remembering, no, Obama got us into Syria because of ISIS or ISIL, as Obama said. ISIL. ISIL. That's right. I thought we were there to fight ISIS, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, not not protect insurgents against the Assad regime. Because I thought we all learned that overthrowing Saddam Hussein and helping insurgents and Iraq and, and I thought we learned when, we, when Obama overthrew a, yeah, a dictator in Libya that it creates more terrorism. It creates more chaos. It, it doesn't help a whole lot. No, but here's the thing. Aside from those old arguments and lessons we may or may not have learned, I thought we were in Syria to fight ISIS. But now this is saying we got in part to, there to protect the rebels. And I'm also wondering, did Congress... Did Congress say President Obama go do this? <laughs> I you're just being silly now, do we? Wait, did Congress say President Obama help the Saudis in Yemen? President Obama overthrow Gaddafi in Libya? President Obama, yeah, let's, let's go into Syria. And then President Trump, even though he talked a big game that I liked about pulling and bringing the troops home. And that's why I love this announcement today by the president. Good Trump. This is great, Trump. This is the Trump I like a lot. It just makes me wonder how, like, maybe the truth is just coming out. And I'm playing dumb here. We have, you want to talk about deep state? You want to talk about unelected governments and conspiracies? Look at how people are reacting to this president today, saying we're pulling troops home. It's not just senators. It's the Pentagon going, well, we're still working with our partners on the ground. Who's running the show? The duly elected president of the United States or the U.S. military around the world? It's obviously the U.S. military around the world. The president makes final decisions on certain matters. Is he actually running the show? No. Nah, I I would put it more like
0: the president signs off on. Mm Mm-hmm final decisions. He's not making them for the most part. But that hasn't been in the past. I don't know what Trump is doing. I don't know that he's been in long enough that we can make an overall judgment about him. But, I mean, what he did today makes perfect sense. And look at that
2: blue-eyed pig on television right now talking to Martha McCallum. He's a good-looking man. Adam, what is it, Kissinger? I don't know. That is a good-looking dude. He said that, uh, I sure hope the president and his advisors are smarter than this. About bringing the troops home. Lindsey Graham thought it was a huge mistake. Senator Marco Rubio said it's a great disservice to the nation and a big mistake that invites America's adversaries and shows that America is an unreliable partner. Hey, I'm all for it then. If if those two goons
0: and, and Lindsey's come around a little bit as far as us conservatives.
2: But on the question of war... when it comes
0: to war, by damn, he's never seen a gun he didn't want to
2: shoot. He's a pig and slop, baby. Yep. You know, but here's going on. It's not that... I'm being a little over the top, but it's not that Lindsey Graham just likes war. It's not that this young man who kind of looks about my... He's a little older than me. He's got some scruff. I like seeing facial hair come back in politics. But Adam Kissinger there, it's not that he just loves war. It's not that Rubio loves war. Think about what Rubio's really saying. And most of the people criticizing Trump today, they they might fall into a camp called Iran Hawks. They really don't like Iran's activities. Even though a lot of these are the same folks who said, let's get rid of Saddam Hussein in Iraq, which in effect empowered Iran. Yeah. And now their plan is, oh well that was we didn't see that coming, or did you see that coming? Did you see that coming? You knew that was coming, and now you the next step of this is to take out Iran. You wanted to take out Assad, and now you want to take out Iran. You want the US to overthrow every government in the damn region and then manage it. How the hell do they not see it
0: coming? They do they do see it. Joey, those people have been fighting. Learn your history. They've been yeah. fighting for 5,000 years over there. Since they were the Philistines and yeah. the Jebusites and the, yes. you know, you name the I' it- It's you one name of the oldest the places
2: on earth and people have been fighting
0: there. They're clannish, they've been fighting. Yep. And then the League of Nations comes in and draws a border around the land that these nomads live in and say, y'all have to coexist yep. inside these borders. And I... It's always going to be whoever's in power is going to dominate everybody else oh, in here. that piece of of uh, land. one
2: here's the dirty little secret. They all saw this coming. I they think know it's coming. They do it on purpose. They have made the calculated decision. They think it's the United States' role to overthrow every adversarial government in the Middle East. And even if it means creating more terrorists like the stripe that hit us on nine eleven, because it's easier to deal with those terrorist networks here, or there than it is to deal with these governments.
0: And I think it's gone farther than that. Uh, and I don't know if people are getting uh, more ignorant in the Webster sense of the word ignorant, right? Without or yeah. or if it's just that they're overstepping their boundaries but at one time we would send some money to Iraq I'm just going to use these two as an example let them buy some guns send them some weapons and then they can kind of rise up against Iran well, now we're going to start sending some money to Iran, we're going to give them some money give them some weapons where they can tamp down Iraq we're not worried about what the uh, uh whoever it is in control of Iraq, we're not worried about what they're doing to the Sunnis. We're not concerned about that. And maybe it's the digital age where we're seeing pictures now of what they're doing. I remember the gassing that went on under Saddam Hussein back in the early 90s, and those were like the first pictures where you saw, man, this is like mass murder of uh, one common people. This is not acceptable. Maybe that has changed things. But these cats have been fighting since they got off the freaking ark, man. And it's not going to change. Right? Well, They're not going to have it. I remember George W. Bush saying, you know, talking about having a democracy in the Middle East. <laughs> There's not going to be a democracy as we know it, no, not which anytime Which is a service. representative Republican mm-hmm. ruled by the majority. Yeah. With respect to the minority, there is no respect for the minority over
2: there, right. and it's
0: not going to change. And we aren't even. It doing, ain't gonna happen.
2: We aren't even doing that well. Most of the West isn't doing that well as they should be respecting the minority and the individual. I,
0: mean, I think we do a pretty damn good job. Oh,
2: no. I, I think we do... The, the United States does. We do the best one job. One of the best jobs in the world. It, it depends on the given issue. But uh, here's the thing. Let's get back to the U.S. policy. It's a trend. And I actually, to toot my own horn here, I wrote a little while back... A pl- I, I, I just searched for the title. You know the website Zero Hedge? hmm I searched for a title while President's Campaign on Peace But ruled by War. And it here it was posted by Tyler Durden, uh, 910, 2017. But it says authored by Joey Clark. Oh, that's cool. I know a dude named Joey Clark. That's cool. I wrote it for the Antimedia.org, but it looks like Zero Hedge picked it up. Well, that's really cool. Hmm. Ooh, I, I, this one, I, I made some bold statements in this one. Do tell. You, this opening line, it's a doozy. It's a little hyperbolic, so stay with me, folks. If the United States government continues as it does today, bestriding the narrow world like a colossus, it will be stabbed through the heart by daggers inscribed with the nation's founding principles. The words life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness shedding salty tears of blood from sullied steel. But I hope this day will not arrive. I hope we will soon stop simply damning war presidents as hypocrites and killers so that we may take time to see the complex reasons why presidents, well, presidential candidates preach peace but continue to be war pigs. Because George W. Bush promised a humble foreign policy, but then 9/11 happened, and it wasn't just an invasion of Afghanistan, but also Iraq. We all know this. As a candidate, Barack Obama ra- railed against Bush's wars of choice, promising peace in Baghdad, Kabul, and beyond. Yeah, and he's probably the best
0: example because because Barack Obama was President Obama was he was so timid. And he he had a peaceful nature about right. him. And you actually believed him when he said that. And then he's out
2: droning freaking American yeah. citizens and killing them. Well, as uh, see, as president, even though he campaigned on peace, and even though he had a peace prize before he even got going, because he was so timid and wonderful, and we'll talk to everybody. His peace prize and campaign promises gave way to more wars of choice. Though Obama ended the war in Afghanistan, leaving thousands of troops stationed there, he then escalated the Afghan war first. More people died under Obama's watch in Afghanistan than Bush. Obama pulled out of Iraq only to topple Gaddafi in Libya. He attempted to topple Assad in Syria only to jump back into Iraq once again to take on ISIS. No doubt an enemy of the United States, but an enemy also interested in toppling Assad in Syria that we are also trying to take out. It's convoluted, I know, folks, but it makes sense if you think of the United States, well, at least certain people in the United States government as seen themselves as the, the, the global hegemon. Well, that's a fancy word, isn't it? Well, let's use a simpler word. The, the global leader. The sole superpower. You know what the word is? It's called empire. Yeah.
0: It's called defense spending, Joey, is what well, it's called, that and that's where the most well, of our most. money goes, and, well, and there's for, no reason uh, to spend
2: trillions of dollars on defense when there's no well, th- then, reason to spend it and on I'm it. I'm all for defending the country. Oh, I am, too. I'm all for spending a little bit of money on defense, a lot of money on defense it, at this hey. time. You could line up
0: what we spend. You could line up one person. Everybody's talking about this southern border. You could line up one serviceman, shoulder to shoulder, and cover the whole southern border. And you wouldn't have to worry about it. Well, and what we're spending on no. this crap like this.
2: Well, and Trump clearly ran as sort of America first. Let's be careful. We waste a lot of money in these wars. Under Obama and Bush. But then... Trump, at the beginning of his presidency, remember, I wrote this in 2017. It came out in September, about oh, over a year ago. He's already launched cruise missiles into Syria, flirted with nuclear war on the Korean Peninsula, but that gave way to good things. i got to give the president credit. If we have peace on the Korean Peninsula, remarkable images of soldiers from both sides taking down guard posts in the DMZ. That would be... it. That's beyond Trump. That's beyond anybody. Mm-hmm. That is a world-historic moment if there is peace on the Korean Peninsula, and I will tip my hat to the President of the United States. What's that, he 70 that. years of war over yeah, there? Yeah, that is an amazing uh, accomplishment. If it gets done, it's a big if, and it's going to take a lot of different players to make that sure happen. And what wrote made me write this is, it was the announcement in 2017 that Trump, even though he wanted to pull troops out of Afghanistan, has put 3,500 troops thrown back into Afghanistan. And here's the quote from Trump last year. My original instinct was to pull out, and historically, I like following my instincts. But all my life, I've heard that decisions are much different when you sit behind the desk in the Oval Office. In other words, when you're President of the United States. And, you know, I'm I'm really speaking to my fellow libertarians here, but there's some people, there are conservatives that are coming around that we've wasted too much money abroad on wars. There are people on the left that are good people on the left who, not these hypocrites who just want to win. But it's easy to write off Trump, Obama, and Bush as lying and hypocritical warmongers. You know, that's sort of the emotional. It's like, ooh, just say it, man. Yeah, Brandon, you're a hypocrite. You're a liar. It's also easy to apologize for their actions as fallible men reacting to complex events the best they can. Both approaches are actually uh, have and will be adopted in the name of either defending peaceful ideas or advancing cynical imperial ploys. Both will. However, rather than simply criticizing or apologizing for presidents, it is time we ask why recent presidents have pursued war despite professing humility, aspirations, And instincts in the name of peace. Hmm. What is it about sitting in the presidential chair behind the desk in the Oval Office that changes a man? Why does the presidency mute men's better angels only to amplify their demons? If peace candidates wanted to be honest with the American people, they would first stop regarding their rebranding of the same old song and dance war policies as actual changes in policy. If presidents wished to be truthful, they would stop dressing up America's military actions as forever and always fights between the American good and the evil du jour. Because it's not that simple. And if the people had any desire to take a long, hard look in the mirror, they would stop buying into euphemisms such as leadership or strength or hegemony to obscure a truth that's been staring them in the face for the past century. America is an empire. That's why people like Chris Christie and all the other neoconservatives were talking about a new American century right at the turn of the 21st century. A new American century where we lead. And there's a, I'm not just... Talking out of my ass here, folks. There's a guy named, uh, I think, Neil Farage, uh, not Nigel Farage, Uh, what is it? Uh, Neil Ferguson. Yes, Niall Ferguson. He wrote a book in 2004 called Colossus, The Rise and Fall of the American Empire. It's actually a book that defends America's role in the world. He wants the United States to do more. Here's a quote from it. Julius Caesar called himself imperator, but never king. His adopted heir, Augustus, professed principus. Emperors can call themselves what they like, and so can empires. The kingdom of England was proclaimed an empire by Henry VIII before it became one. The United States, by contrast, has long been an empire, but eschews the appellation. In other words, we're an empire in denial. Because that's a bad word. That's what, like, Darth Vader runs, right? Yeah, and I don't know why anyone would assume that we're an empire. I mean, that's what we are. I mean, we basically control the world. Right. And well, and Thomas Jefferson hoped that the United States would be an empire for liberty. I think uh, George Washington said he he wants to be, he's proud to be a, a citizen of an infant empire
0: and I think that might be the answer to your question, what changes when you sit behind that desk, when you're in the Oval Office and you're running the United States of America for the most part mm-hmm. is is realizing the weight of how much of an empire we are it sounds great, hey, pull out of Syria, pull out of Afghanistan bring everybody home and we'll tender ourselves and let the world do what they want, I think At some point you realize, holy bleep, how much we're doing to hold the the chaos down to the enormous state that it's at. But we're holding the chaos down to a manageable level, not just in Ferguson, not just in Birmingham, not just in New York City, around the entire freaking world. Mm -hmm. We're doing that. And if we just completely drew back, they'd leave you, a vacuum you can't it's like getting off alcohol or drugs or something you can't quit cold turkey at some point well and this is why you have to gauge back and yep, you're clean
2: yourself off of you're it. right in the sweet spot I've been told that before you better stop it and start arguing with me so we can you know make up later. No, because this is what I this is what I wrote. The criticism from hawks and doves alike are true. Pull back, the United States and power vacuums will be left behind to be filled by places like China in the Asia Asia Pacific or Russia in Eastern Europe, Iran and Sunni fundamentalists in the now decimated Middle East and Central Asia. Stay put and push forward, only to experience more blowback, more debt, and more death for Americans and. Civilians in those countries while flirting with the so-called Thucydides trap, especially in relation to a rising nationalistic China. And Thucydides trap is, yeah. a, is simply the idea, folks, that when a rising power meets an established power, like a rising China meets the United States, in history, it usually ends in war. Not always. And maybe we can escape the trap. It's usually not good if history... Shows our future. And speaking of Thucydides, if war presidents really wish to be honest with the American people, they would quote what Pericles said to the people of Athens. This is when Athens is an empire. Quote, not to get too fancy pants, but I think it's insightful. Quote, and do not imagine that we are fighting, what we are fighting for is simply the question of freedom or slavery. There is also involved the loss of our empire and the dangers arising from the hatred which we have incurred in administering it. Big word. Your empire is now like a tyranny. It may have been wrong to take it. It may have been right. But it is certainly dangerous to let it go. It's time to pick your poison, America. We face the prospect of tyranny and debt and bad outcomes either way. Even with the best of intentions, empires have ramifications. Empires have consequences, even when they are let go. Even if the millennial generation or the Generation Z or the boomers wake up, never asked to inherit the American empire in the first place, the legacy of our forefathers cannot be simply shrugged off without immense effort and sacrifice. I prefer to end it. Bring us back to a Republican commercial republic. It offers peace and is willing to defend itself to the hilt and defend freedom. I don't agree with people like Niall Ferguson or Lindsey Graham or Marco Rubio or Kissinger or whatever that we need a, quote-unquote, liberal empire for peace and prosperity worldwide. Oh, yeah, they love to hear the gunshots, Yeah,
0: is what it is. And it's just, I mean, the 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 way that the world works. I mean, for instance, Muammar Gaddafi. He was showing his ass, to put it bluntly, about 30 years ago. We dropped a bomb in his swimming pool. He straightened up. He straightened up oh, immediately. And for 25 years, yeah, maybe Iran did a little this and that. They didn't kidnap no Americans. They didn't hold him hostage on a plane for over a year. None of that crap went on. And everything was pretty groovy. Why did they take him out? That is... Over my pay grade, as a president once said, I don't know. Well, and this you is... take him out, Iran's going to go to hell. And exactly. what do they do? They've gone to hell since he's been gone. But here's the
2: because point. the vacuum's there. Well, and here's the point: even if you're like me and you want to see the United States pull back its military obligations abroad, and let's keep it simple today. Maybe you're like me and you like what President Trump announced today on Twitter that we're bringing the troops home from Syria. Love it. But let's not kid ourselves. There's going to be a cost to that. Imagine sitting behind that presidential desk, surrounded by military and intelligence professionals, some that you don't even trust, giving you the latest news on threats across the globe. Ask yourself, which potential danger, if not tyranny, would you choose? My choice has been clear, but under this American empire, Trump is not the... Imperator, Obama was not the Principus. No, the American Colossus is the American people at the end of the day. And we, the people, are, well, full of sound of fury, full of fear and vaunting often. We're very proud of ourselves and we should be, but we're also easily scared by things. That's a great line from a Newsroom. When did Americans start to scare so easy? That's very true. Aaron Sorkin was right there. We're almost scared of our own tall shadow that has bound us to this perilous path we've chosen to walk. And uh, maybe I could be fancy and quote somebody else again. Maybe uh, the words of Shakespeare says, Men at some time are masters of their fates. The fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in ourselves. So that's what that news today, Trump's simple tweet, maybe they'll think of. You don't want to be in this head, folks. Because I'm a radio clown, and yet I still have ideas like this. It sucks. So what am I going to do about it? I'm full of angst and... (sighs) Sometimes I wish I could just relax, you know? Have a cold one and think about, you know, enjoying some time with the dog. Giving the dog a little bit of chicken crack and watching him play with that new elk antler I got him that I bought from Four Healthy Pets wish I could just relax. And you know what? I can I will. Because this holiday season, Gimli, if you're listening, Mr. Red and Fuzzy Big Booty Buddha, you might don't be... Don't give my- him
0: the surprise. Don't,
2: don't tell him what he's getting. Well, okay. He may or may not, because I'm not good with Christmas gifts, get some chicken crack. He may or may not get a few new chew toys all brought to him by Teresa at 4 Healthy Pets. Folks, if you're looking to really treat your dog, your cat, all your pets to not just treat them to treats, which the chicken crack is. The chicken jerky, the turkey jerky, all this stuff is great. But there's also like high-quality, all-natural, responsibly sourced everyday foods that you will feed your dog and your cat that will leave them healthy, happy, extend their lifetime, and extend your happiness and your peace of mind because you know your pet is going to be there for a while and going to be enjoying their time with you. That's what it's all about. And that's why Teresa started 4 Healthy Pets. She wanted to give a local, almost family or friends feel uh, to the pet business. It's not a big <laughs> box store. And I just saw the other day, there was an article about one of the
0: big box pet stores. Mm-hmm. I think that name may even be in their description. They had to pull a bunch of their product off the shelf because there was... Uh, oh. Uh, there was an abnormal oh, don't, oh, don't uh, amount of vitamin D oh, in yeah. the food. Oh, it terrible. was a toxic amount terrible. of something. And it's like you don't have to worry about that when you go see Tariq. Go over there and get some of the freeze-dried
2: raw food. It's so good Dogs, for dogs.
0: are made. They're carnivores. They're yes. made to eat. That is nothing more perfect get for your some, animal.
2: Get some uh, catnip, some meowlana for your cats. Watch them have a fun time. Oh, they Chad Morris loves that. It's so he good. He goes berserky. And say, even if you have a pig, don't feed them crap. Pet pigs are no, great. do not feed your pig donuts. No. Go see <laughs> Teresa. And she'll find something for your pig that'll be good for your pig. And then yeah. you can ride your piggy boy. It's the Village East Shopping Center over on Atlanta Highway. Same side of the road as Faulkner University, where the old skate haven used to be. Again, that's for Healthy Pets, F-O-R. Healthy Pets? Tell Teresa Joey said hi. And not all pigs are war pigs. Some pigs are adorable. Whee! Whee!
0: Whee! Joey Clark. Joey
2: Clark. Welcome back, folks. Before we get into this closing segment, uh, show brought to you by gentlemen who joined us last night, Southern Wood, Eddie Bader, Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. You're looking I like a Bader. Oh, Eddie's great guy. You heard him last night. He's got great sense of humor. He loves pizza. He loves to have a nice beer, too. But he also will be your buyer's agent. Because he's grown over these last few years, finding all sorts of experience in the real estate market for himself, finding success, more peace of mind in his life because of that real estate. But he wants to be your buyer's agent. So if you were thinking of buying a home, even if you're not even thinking of it, Maybe you're wondering, I feel kind of stuck in a rut in my apartment or my current house, but I'm not sure financially what I can do. Give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call, 322-0662. Again, that number, 322-0662. And Eddie will pick up the phone. He'll ask you what you're looking for. He'll give you a lot of different options. He maybe will help you out with another one of our sponsors like Morris Capuana. Uh, to see what the financing will be like. But he's going to walk you through, if you maybe don't know, a lot of the prepaids, things like the appraisal and and repairs or how you negotiate certain things that would be improvements. Eddie Bader is the guy that can really help you in that time of need.
0: Especially if you find like a FISBO that you think, man, I really like this house, get Eddie to help you buy it. Yes. Because you don't know what you're stepping into. Make sure that all the inspections are done. and, and, And he can tell you, yeah, they said this on the inspection report, but, you know... Uh, you know, flaking paint. You can take care of that later. Right. Or now, it's not flaking paint. That's rotten wood right there. Yeah, you're looking at you know six thousand dollars rather Nobody's than two hundred dollars.
2: No one's going to get one by Eddie Bader. No. and, he, and uh-huh. he's going to go the extra mile for you too. He's going to because he'll do the little things. You know, he'll do the big things. So give him a call if you're looking for a real estate agent, a buyer's agent, Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group, three two two zero six six two. Uh, so you were just talking off air about uh, your cat Chad Morris. Chad Morris, That's a great name for a cat. He is an awesome eating a mouse. Yes, we have a mouse. Uh, well,
0: you need to uh, let Chad come spend the weekend scared with you, the Uncle hell Joey. Out
2: of me, man. I think it's because <laughs> of the winter. It's not like oh, I'm scared of a mouse. It was more I was up. I woke up off the couch at about one in the morning. One, 1 in the morning, you know how you wake up and it's the weekend. And you're like, mm, God, I feel kind of hot, parched. I'm gonna drink some cold milk. Sounds good. In the middle of the night. So sure. I walk into the kitchen. I pour myself a glass and like right across my feet. It didn't quite touch me, but I like I felt the wind. Uh, it, it ran right across my feet. I'm like okay, we have a mouse. It scared the hell out of me. Like, what the h is that?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you sissy <laughs> Well it was more like I'm half asleep Like what, what the world What in the world Well I, I, he obviously Didn't want me to Find him Cause I would I would take that mouse out Yeah I bet you No know, I'll kick a mouse I will kick a mouse I thought you wanted to kick a chicken. Well, I'll kick a
0: chicken, too. If
1: a chicken attacked
2: me.
0: sent you a video of trying to kick a chicken. That can be dangerous. Don't mess with chickens. They got spurs, man. Chickens will mess you up. I ain't lying. Well, you don't wear jorts, but, dadgummit, you wear jorts and you go kicking a chicken. You swing and miss, you in
2: trouble, Cousin. (laughs) Let's go to the phones. James has been holding like the before I hit this. How long is James has been holding for forty three minutes and thirty six seconds? James, right? You you are a saint, like a the patron saint of patience, dedication, right there.
1: You know, sometimes it's difficult being me, but I just don't believe anybody'd be better at it than I am. Well said. I'm, uh, uh, no, I'm actually seeing, I can't, my radio doesn't pick you up very good, so I can sit on my front porch and listen to the telephone, and so, you know, I've been listening to your conversations. Ah,
0: so basically, you, you're getting free Wi-Fi is what you're telling us. You're really not waiting to talk to us, you just wanted free Wi-Fi. No.
1: Nothing in life, my son, is free. <laughs>
2: he paid for his phone service. He just wants to hear us.
1: That's right. That's right. I just want to... I, I want... Uh, Joey, uh, I would... Uh, and it has nothing to do with foreign policy. Sure. But I would like to hear some... You don't have to do it tonight, but I'd like to hear your policy or your thoughts on... Uh, I, I, today, I saw something that kind of perplexed me. Uh, I understand it is a federal crime now for lynching someone. And I didn't quite understand why uh, a federal crime, I mean, murder is murder. You murder someone, you shoot them, or, I mean, I've got Irish and uh, French and Indian blood in me, and, you know, they killed a bunch of my ancestors different ways. So, I mean, you know, I understand. But well, because there are now,
2: uh, I, I tend to agree in principle that murder is murder is murder. If somebody murders somebody, uh, whether it's vigilante justice or not, uh, they should be held to trial and, and justice should be served. But we do have federal hate law crimes on the books. I would completely disagree with hate laws.
0: Well, that's, that's ridiculous No, to me. I generally
2: think a, a law against murder is enough. Right, but because we do have those laws, what they do is if there was some racial animus or anti-Semitism, something behind it, they'll up the sentence. That's about...
1: It, well, they, I mean, look at all the cowboys that were hung for horse thief or cattle thief. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they hung a considerable amount of people for different things that weren't even, you know, weren't even murder. They were just hung because of things. Yeah,
2: And like I said, I think there's enough of the law against murder enough in my opinion, but uh, I I think where these folks are coming from is it's like a form of deterrence I think they're taking the deterrence of the law a little too like some anti-Semite or some racist won't go kill somebody because, oh no, I'll get locked up for the hate crime laws Uh, and I I don't know if I buy that but I'm just playing devil's advocate You you can't buy that, Joey You're too smart for that I know. I think Excuse we should have laws against murder. And you, if somebody murders somebody, right. throw them in Seriously. jail for a
1: long time. You know. Right. It, what? What difference? If not life? Does it make, well, how you murder
0: someone, they're dead. Right. And you can take this argument. You can take this argument to the the just to the nth degree of it. You can go all the way down to texting and driving. Well, we need to pass a law that you can't text and drive. Right. There's already a law that you cannot drive distracted. Yes. I don't care if you're putting on makeup, eating a sandwich, drinking a soda, if you're drinking a beer and you're impaired, you cannot drive that way. Yeah. You don't need an additional law. That's just one more thing. Uh, we do it too much. That they can choose to pull you over for if they think they see you with a cell phone in your hand. You better be careful uh, right. saying
2: stuff like that. Oh, and a
0: little like tip: that. all you have to tell them is, "I was checking my GPS." They can't do anything to you. You can check your GPS on your phone. Can't text. That'll get you out of it. Just
2: uh, somebody would, told James, that. would you tell Southernwood eighty four here that he better stop saying things like that because I like it.
1: Well, uh, you
2: know, you're you're right by him, You know. Okay, I'll, I'll I, I don't stop saying stuff like that. I like it too much. Yeah, you, you want me to put you back on hold until the show's over? <laughs> it's only about 5 more minutes here.
1: Uh, uh yeah, I'd like to yeah, uh, one thing I want to say about your foreign policy real quick. Sure. Uh, I was born during the Korean War and I grew up listening to Duck and Cover. Mm. And then I was in a I was prime Vietnam era age USA prime beast And uh, I've listened to a lot of things going on in the world. Sure. And it's all kind of come and gone. And sometimes I don't know whether it's politics or like you said a while ago, one of you said they've been doing this 5,000 years. Yep. Sure. You know, I I don't know. Are we going to, is the United States of America going to stop it? And it's been going on for 5,000 years. I don't know, but anyway, put me on hold. Okay, <laughs> thank you, James. <laughs> thank, thank you, for James. The call. I like James. I like James. He is James a great too. caller. I do too. It's just, uh, it's
2: and difficult. to answer
0: his question, no, we're not going to stop it.
2: No, I want to end the show. That I agree, um, we're not going to stop it anytime soon. And I, I think bankruptcy, if anything, is in our future. I think we're overextended. And the United States needs to cut back militarily, the United States needs to cut back in terms of some domestic programs, give power back to the states, let the federal government actually defend liberty in the country and not be the place that micromanages every single person's life. It's, and and
0: um, I say it matters not, even if we cease to be a country and there's no record of the United States anymore, them nomads over there in the Middle East
2: are going to be fighting well,
0: 5,000 years from now. Well, and, it and before,
1: ain't
2: going in. Even before Islam, people in that part of the world been fighting. It's, they a, don't, it's a human it's, thing, man. See,
0: we can't even comprehend it. Our country is basically 200 years old as a unit, right. and and even well, less than that, as yeah. a real unit. In hell, we've fought a lot of war too. I mean, we're like a hundred years old right. as the United States of right, America. Exactly. Those countries are, as history goes, they yeah. are thousands of years old. They've hated. They hadn't. It's not like the North and the South have hated each other since you know 1860. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's <coughs> not like a little kind hatred we have with Yankees Right, this a right. hundred and something years old. We're talking thousands of years yes. where they're still talking about their ancestors being brutally mm, murdered by right. this tribe over here. They hate one another and there's nothing you're going to do that's ever going to change it. Right. Well,
2: and, and war is, it seems to be a part of the human experience unfortunately. Maybe we can get better at that. But uh, I want to close the show we only have two minutes left was saying um, I was really affected hearing the story of Donnie Davis again, and I uh, yeah. can't go into it as much as I was like because, again, I only have two minutes here. But I will say there's something about men like Donnie, of course Donnie himself. When something incredibly tragic happens, we are very swift to, and people often do get despairing, like this is meaningless, this is pointless, why did this happen, You know, terrible luck, bad luck. Um, or, you know, wallow in the suffering. Um, but for somebody like Donnie to make not only a story and, and testify to what he went through, but also create a lesson, but most importantly, create that hope that there is meaning to that suffering, to that tragedy. And I'm not saying it's all sunshine and lollipops, it's not all hope. I'm sure Donnie has days where it's not a great day, um, it's tough. Uh, beyond what I can imagine, I'm sure. But uh, it's to be a person that not only gleans hope, but truth out of it, uh, it shows that the things we do in life, whether it's something we suffer, like a car wreck, some impaired driver, some meth head, or uh, the great things we do, like the paramedic who saved him and Donnie himself, telling these stories, it just shows how every little thing is meaningful. The good and the bad. I think that one of the biggest mistakes people can make in this holiday season, especially if you're down, is to say, what's the point? Yeah. Don't fall into that thinking, folks. Whether you're going through a real tough time or whether things are great, it all means something at the end of the day. It all is very meaningful.
0: Well, he, ha- he has... Truly, such an inspirational story. Yes, and just the the words he said when he said, you know, the impact happened, and he looked over to make for sure his grandchild wasn't in the car with him. Yes, yeah, that's amazing. That's just it's. I mean, and for
2: folks who don't know maybe what we're talking about, check out Mile Marker Thirteen on yeah, Facebook. Mile Marker very Thirteen, very powerful, very very powerful story. And uh, Donnie, we love you. A lot of people out there praying for you. Uh, thank y'all, folks, for listening. Southernwood, we'll Kingdom. do it again. Yeah, <laughs> this is fun. I need to like get somehow get you like paid so you can be like a regular. Well, you do it for free anyway. Well, let's go make up.
1: <laughs> we kind of fought a little bit earlier. True. Joey Clark.